0: The LFC biodigesters on ships ensure that organic waste can be safely disposed of with no possibility of plastics entering the ocean. With hundreds of machines deployed across cruise ships, cargo ships, FSRUs, tankers and mega yachts, Power Not Ocean brings seven years of experience to solving problems of organic waste on vessels while meeting MARPOL regulations.
1: Hi, I'm Ian Richardson. Welcome to the Tech Talks podcast from the Iceway and SeaTrade Cruise. Each episode looks at technology and innovation in the cruise industry, as I host Q&A sessions with tech leaders and innovators who are all working diligently to create solutions that will benefit crews in a variety of different ways. As co-founder and CEO of the Iceway ecosystem of companies, I myself are very excited to be involved in new technology projects on a regular basis. Many of these are specifically aimed at helping improve the cruise industry. There's a lot of great work and effort going into new and cutting edge technology solutions in the cruise industry as a whole. The objectives are far reaching, from enhancing the onboard experience for guests and crew to increasing the overall efficiencies, both at sea and in port or destination. A lot of us are working hard to reduce wastage and to implement more sustainable practices, processes, and features. The Tech Talks podcast, We'll put a spotlight on these solutions and we'll include never-before-seen information and facts about them, whilst also providing an exclusive platform to some of the creative minds who are behind them. On this Trade Cruise Talks podcast, we have a very interesting and really relevant topic as we're discussing the technology behind environmental sustainability in cruise we're going to be focusing in particular on biodigestion machines on board ships and how they're used to reduce the environmental impact of food waste. So I'd like to introduce our guest, Ian Milnes, who's the founder of Power Knot LLC, a company based in Fremont, California that specialise in providing on-site food waste solutions for many industries, including cruise ships. So welcome, Ian. I'm really glad to have you with us. Good day to you. So I think that was a reasonable introduction into PowerNOT LLC, but I want to start off with an understanding a bit about you and your career history and how you got into the food waste industry and what led to the inception of PowerNOT.
0: Well, this is my sixth company that I've started. Right. I started PowerNOT not with the intention of doing waste food machines, but doing another product. And as I was trying to sell that other product to a major hotel here in Silicon Valley, he didn't want to buy it. And I said, well, what other problems do you have? And he took me around back and showed me his rubbish skip full of rotting food and flies around it and the smell and said, if you could find a solution to this problem, then I'll buy that from you. Uh, and so about nine months later, we delivered the first LFC biodigester. He was one of our first customers. We just developed and modified the product and expanded the product to suit customers' needs as we've gone on. Mm. So we're now shipping our seventh generation machine. Mm. We sold our first machine onto a ship around about um, 2016 and then got big time into the cruise ship business in 2019 and have expanded significantly since then. So that last year, 2022, the majority of our sales were on to cruise ships or well, Marine in particular, because we also sell to cargo ships, FSRUs and mega yachts.
1: Right. So it all started from just a sort of a sales pitch that went wrong, really. So what, what were you trying to sell him? <laughs>
0: Well, I started the company to sell a product that improves the efficiency of air conditioning units. Right. Okay. And PowerNot still sells that product, and it, it's a good product and it works. But the problem was that you would go to tell a customer that this snake oil will improve the efficiency of their air conditioning systems, and they would say, "Okay, how do I know that?" It's not gonna blow up and destroy my air conditioning system. And secondly, how do I know that I'm going to get the efficiency gains that you claim everybody else has got? And so it was a tough sell. And that was the case in in, in this major hotel in Silicon Valley.
1: And then was there nobody else sort of creating these biodigestion machines at the time? Because he obviously took you around the back and said, Can you can you solve this problem, which was a big pile of food waste, right? And or was it was Was there other things on the market at the time?
0: We were one of the first to offer them into North America. The basic fundamental technology was developed in Korea and Japan, both of which are significantly short on space for landfill. So there was a need to to be able to get rid of the organic waste. All right. Well,
1: let's talk about the actual food waste on ships. So I'm keen to know exactly, sort of, or I'm sure you've got the figures, how much food goes to waste on ships. For
0: a typical cruise ship, you're talking about one kilogram per passenger per day. Mm. So that excludes the crew. So if you take a cruise ship with 2,500 people, for example, it, it may have anywhere from 800 to 2,000 crew. Mm. Uh, but just consider the passengers. That cruise ship with 2,500 people on board would have about 2,500 kilograms total uh,
1: waste, organic waste, per day. That's a huge amount. And what's the sort of traditional process of getting rid of the food waste? On most cruise ships,
0: what used to happen is it would go into a pulper, which is basically a grinder, which would grind it up. And then one of two things would happen. It would either get discharged purely as it was, or it would go into the grey water holding tank, and then it would get discharged. It would get discharged, obviously, when they're more than 12 nautical miles out and when they are uh, moving at three knots per hour. But we have some cargo ships, some tanker ships, which have told us that they just simply throw the food overboard. Mm. The MARPOL regulations are not entirely clear on, on it, but anything larger than 25 millimetres should never be discharged at sea. So the pulper mm. would grind it up into smaller chunks and then it would be discharged at sea.
1: So that obviously has an environmental impact. What What sort of issues does that cause when they just throw the, the food over the side effectively?
0: Well, whether they're throwing it over the side or whether it's going into the grey water tank yeah, and yeah. then going into the ocean, is pretty much the same thing. That there are, there are two problems with it. Firstly, when any organic material decomposes in the absence of oxygen, whether it's buried on a landfill on land or thrown into the ocean, it will decompose anaerobically into methane, mm. Uh, which is a gas 87 times worse for the atmosphere than carbon dioxide. But particularly when it's thrown into the ocean, uh, then the sea animals, uh, the fish and, and all the rest, are going to eat this. And that's very bad for them. Uh, it's That's not their diet, um, but they look at it and see it as food, mm. and it, it, it's really bad for them. Uh, but the real problem and the reason why we got involved in the first place is that the pulper... Would grind up pieces of plastic, right? Such as plastic straws, plastic cups that might hold ketchup or whatever, and and those would be discharged into the ocean. And now you've now you've got an even bigger problem that you're discharging plastics into the ocean, and the plastics are being eaten by the the sea animals.
1: Right. Okay. And and there's a lot of plastic that goes into a sort of traditional pulper. Presumably, they're not fishing that out or anything.
0: Well, you know, go back a decade, I think people weren't really paying much attention to it. But then about uh, five years ago, a major cruise line in the U.S. was fined large amounts of dollars for discharging plastics into the ocean. And that's where we got involved with that cruise line to help them find an alternative to the pulpers. And that cruise line is now one of our largest customers with hundreds of our LFC biodigesters on their ships to prevent the plastics from ever getting out into the waste
1: stream. OK, so, well, let's talk a little bit about the machines themselves and how they stop plastics and, you know, and what are the other benefits. But how, how do they actually work, these biodigesters?
0: Biodigester is like a big stainless steel stomach. Right. And it is constantly eating the waste food. It uses microorganisms to do that digestion. These are naturally occurring microorganisms, so they're safe to handle. Mm. And they are inside the drum of the machine. So the user, the operator, would simply throw the waste food into the machine, close the lid, walk away, and come back and put more in later on. The machine is constantly digesting and constantly turning that waste into water, which can then be safely discharged.
1: Right. And, and water really is the own, only byproduct then?
0: Yes. Water is the only byproduct. The, the biodigester never needs to be emptied. Mm. Uh, you keep on throwing the waste into it. As the waste is generated, you put the waste into it. And it digests it aerobically in the presence of oxygen, so there's no smell.
1: Right. So they're basically like a, a stomach, effectively, like a, the way a stomach works.
0: Yes, yeah, like our own stomach. You know, we don't sit down and eat all of our food in one sitting. We're constantly digesting and the machine is also constantly digesting. Right. And the more often that you feed it and the longer the working day. So if you feed it 24 hours a day instead of 12 hours a day, the more it's going to eat. Right. But do they have
1: sort of acid in them like a, a normal stomach would?
0: Well, okay. So, so I, I call it like our human stomach, yeah. but our human stomach is anaerobic, right? Where it's digesting in the absence of oxygen, yeah. and this machine is aerobic, where it's digesting in the presence of oxygen. So, no chemicals go into the machine; only only what we call the powerzyme, which is the blend of microorganisms and enzymes, mm-hmm. which are going to do this digestion. Uh, but In in addition, you know, in our stomachs, we have a medium to be able to house the microorganisms that will do the digestion. In the biodigester, there is also a medium, which is small cubes of chips, Hmm. which house the microorganisms. And they're irregularly shaped to be able to distribute oxygen and moisture amongst the food. To be able to accelerate that digestion process,
1: right? Okay. So on the face of it, it it seems simple, but actually, there's a lot of thought and quite a lot of intelligence gone into it. There's a—it's quite a complex process, I would imagine.
0: Well, yes, and it's—it's evolving. Mm. You know, as I said earlier, we're now shipping our seventh generation product, Mm. and the technology has changed. The software has changed to be able to enhance the digestion. The the chips have evolved to be able to suit the marine environment the microorganism blend has changed so yes we're still doing lots of r&d on the product and and developing more and more
1: okay and is there anything that you can't put into a biodigester
0: the machine will eat whatever you and i can eat right Uh, But in addition, it can eat things like pineapple heads and pineapple shells. It can eat small chicken bones, small fish bones. But the large meat bones, it won't digest. You know, we're still digging up dinosaur bones from 100 million years ago. Mm. Uh, So we know that they last a long time. And also things such as the stones of avocados and peach pits won't get digested they
1: just sort of stay at the bottom or they they fall to the bottom if they if they accidentally get in there they'll stay at the bottom and you clean them out presumably or filter them out
0: no you know the machine has a shaft with arms on right. it right and the machine rotates everything in the drum yeah on our standard on our standard program it will rotate very slowly for about a quarter of the t- time. So for about five minutes, it's actually stirring or mixing everything in the drum. And then for 15 minutes, it's at rest while the microorganisms are doing the digestion. So nothing's staying in the bottom of the drum. Everything's getting moved around. And using a manual mode, an operator is able to move the arms and take the any foreign objects out of the drum
1: as needed. Right, okay. And and you talked about engaging with the cruise and maritime industry. Sort of when was it? Did you say 2016? I think.
0: Well, 2016, we f- sold our first machine onto a tanker ship, uh, but we got into it in big time in 2019, when I was I was um, recruited by this major cruise line as a subject matter expert to, to visit them at their bases in Cozumel in Mexico and Alaska to help them identify how to solve the problem of plastics going into the ocean. The inherent design of a biodigester is such that as the waste food is converted into water, it falls through a fine mesh screen at the bottom of the drum and the water is discharged. And so it's impossible for a piece of plastic, such as a plastic straw or a little ketchup cup, or anything larger, a plastic bag, to exit the machine. So those items would be taken out. Now, on that particular cruise line, now what they do is whenever the pulper is going to be used, it's, it's locked. It is unlocked by an environmental officer. The environmental officer stands there while the operator is putting the waste into the pulper to ensure that no plastic is going into the pulper. And then the environmental officer locks it afterwards. And it's those pulpers and that overall scheme, that we're replacing not only on that major cruise line but on many other different cruise lines as well
1: okay and in terms of the machine because you started out with obviously land-based machines and 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 then switched into or expanded into um, cruise lines and maritime did you have to make many adaptations to the units to be safe at sea or
0: well i I have to confess that when we put the first machines onto a cruise ship they fell to pieces completely right even though you can't really feel it the cruise ships always vibrating and and although at that time we had been selling our machines on land for over nine years and thought we had a pretty solid product it turns out it wasn't rigorous enough and and robust enough for the cruise industry And so we had to go back to the drawing board and really work out how to make them robust for the cruise industry. And the software is very different. The plumbing is different. The the metalwork is different. So we have a marine version and we have a land version. A lot of the improvements that we have on the marine version, we've rolled back into the land product. So our land product is much more robust than it was five years ago as well.
1: Okay, and is there a different footprint in terms of the size of these units compared to marine and, and land? Because obviously, space is always limited on a on a ship, isn't it?
0: Yes, we we have eight different sizes of models, which will accommodate anything from ten kilograms a day up to three thousand kilograms a day. The larger one not being suitable for going on a ship but some of our marine customers are using those on their private islands. Right. Yeah, so obviously everybody wants a tiny little machine that will digest a huge amount of waste and and that's just not practical, you know. So so the the sizes of the machine for marine and land are the same. The digestion tends to be greater on a marine machine because they're typically feeding it 24 hours a day. Whereas in the average hotel or restaurant, they'll be feeding it over only 12 hours a day or 14 hours a day.
1: Right. And are they able to cope with the amount of volume of waste? Because you, you you mentioned some stats earlier, which is, I mean, if you've got a three 4,000 passenger cruise ship, that's a lot of waste. Is that amount of waste able to be consumed by the machines or do you still have to use a mixture of traditional pulpers or?
0: Well, okay, so on many of the ships that we're working with, they're removing all of the pulpers and putting biodigesters down. And so I was on a, uh, on a ship uh, recently, and in the main galley, they have four of our fairly large-sized machines, four of the LFC-300. And so just in the main galley, that, that, those machines can digest maybe two tons a day. And then they would put some in the recycling center. Uh, We're doing a new design for one of our major cruise ship companies where they have five of our machines in one room, five of the 500 kilogram machines in one room. And so, yes, we have on the other hand, we have one ship based actually in the UK, which has 15 of our smaller machines on it. And so, yes, fitting fitting the machines into a retrofit to swap out the pulpers is not trivial. It requires thought. And so we we have experts that would go onto the ship with the cruise line and help them decide how best to install the machines and where best to install them. So we just did a survey, for example, at a cruise ship up in Glasgow, for example, where they're going to put, um, I think, six machines onto that ship.
1: Okay. And what about the operational sort of maintenance of these machines? Do they cost a lot to run? Or is it a large sort of capital expenditure of them compared to traditional Pulping machines? The
0: problem with the pulping machines is that they are very difficult to maintain. Because if a knife or a fork, a piece of cutlery goes into the pulper, then the grinding mechanism is broken. Mm. And and we've we've had stories from ships where they've had to spend enormous sums of money maintaining the existing pulper systems and swapping out for one of our biodigesters, tends to be a relatively low cost alternative to maintaining or upgrading the pulpers. So we had one ship for instance, and I think the cost to repair and upgrade the pulpers was one and a half times the cost of installing the biodigesters. So it was a no brainer for them to get something that was more environmentally sound and lower cost and lower maintenance. But our machines are fairly simple to maintain. As you said earlier, in principle, it's very simple. You have a shaft with a chain and a motor and a gearbox and some electronics to drive it. So it's not a very complicated system in that regard. The devil is in the details, obviously. But yes, they are fairly low cost to maintain and keep running. And we've had a machine on the cruise ship which we installed in 2009 has never broken down well after we installed the, the second rev of it after we got them working it hasn't broken down in 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 over you know in over four years so
1: yeah but, i mean that's yeah compared to the it sounds like there's a lot more moving parts on a pulver which, which can go wrong it seems
0: it's not moving parts. It's just that that you know they're, they're relatively small. They get overloaded. The the motor burns out. But it, it but it's the blades that get worn out, and then you have to you have to go in and and mess around with it. The pulpers typically would connect into the vacuum system, and because the waste is not that fine, that may come out of the pulper then sometimes the vacuum system blocks up. And so there's all kinds of problems associated with it. So so a ship that can take the time to replace the pulper with, with biodigesters is going to see a significant improvement in maintenance and operational costs.
1: Okay. In terms of food waste, then, the industry is really taking steps to reduce food waste, you know, such as removing self-service buffets, there's a lot of energy goes into preparing the food. And then waste is traditionally pulped, which ultimately impacts the climate. If all waste on ships was biodigested, resulting in no impact, or well, little impact if the only waste product is water, do you see a situation where some cruise lines or the, the perception might change that they might start to increase waste again and throw because they've got the option to throw it away without consequence potentially
0: our machines weigh the amount of waste that goes into them right and report it on the numerically and graphically on the color touch screen Mm. but also that connects out to the cloud and is sent up to a server that can be accessed by the owner anywhere in the world Our major cruise line company, which has hundreds of machines, has the vast majority of those connected to the internet and is trying to get every one of them connected to the internet. So knowing how much waste you have on a ship or even in the main galley as opposed to the recycling center, knowing that allows the operator to be able to identify where the waste is occurring with the objective that it can be reduced. The LFC biodigesters all connect up to the LFC cloud. And we have recently introduced a major feature for our major cruise line company to allow them to very, very quickly compare the waste on one ship with the waste on another ship of the same size with the same passenger base and to see how much waste one is producing versus the other. And obviously, if you put one into the crew galley, for instance, if you have machines in the crew galley, you can compare the waste on one crew galley with the waste on another crew galley on a different ship. And so our major customer is loving this feature that we've recently introduced. And the objective, as, as you say, the objective is to reduce the waste. But if you can't measure it, you can't control it. And so the first part is to be able to measure it, get all the machines measuring it. Now we can go even further down than that in that we have NFC cards that can be used in conjunction with the machine. And so, for instance, we can identify whether or not a particular food is fruit or vegetables or meat or fish that's going into the machine, and we can report that as well on the cloud. At the moment, the the, Cruise lines are too busy to be able to use those features. It's, it's a very hectic in, more in, admin. In, in, for, for yeah. them to, to do that uh, on, on a basis. But we have many land customers who are using these NFC cards and being able to identify where the waste is being generated.
1: What are the possibilities of sort of aggregation, I guess, when you get to that level of really being able to aggregate that data across the whole fleet? that really gives a lot of power i would imagine
0: well yes so our major cruise line company can easily see on any day any minute any hour how much waste has been ingested into all of their machines on all of their ships on all of their brands instantly and be able to easily drill down and find out where the major waste is and so this has proved to be very, very insightful for them since we introduced this grouping feature hmm. earlier this year.
1: Okay, great. And what's the, sort of the next steps? What are the exciting things that you've got coming up this year in terms of Power not I assume you'll be at Sea trade
0: Yes, we're definitely at Sea trade Yes. And so people can come and see our machines at Sea trade We will have our LFC-25, which is the smallest biodigester that we have, we have that installed on some mega yachts and also on cargo ships, not very applicable for cruise ships. And we'll have one of our LFC-200 biodigesters, which is a smallest size machine that's used on cruise ships. We're also going to be showing a, a vacuum system to be able to interface the biodigesters to the existing vacuum system used on pulpers. And so this is a new product that we are just starting to ship to customers. We have a cruise ship company that's very interested in having it connected to a vacuum system rather than to a pumped system.
1: And um, what are the benefits of that?
0: Well, on the existing ships, they may have a vacuum system for the pulper. Right, right and if they're replacing the pulper uh, then we need to interface into the vacuum system okay on previous cruise ships there's also a line in the kitchen which is a waste line and so on other ships we can actually just simply send our waste into the standard waste line that comes out of the kitchen out of the galley but this particular company wants to use its existing vacuum system to move that organic waste to a holding tank where it may get further processed before being discharged
1: in the ocean. Okay. And just sort of closing then, I mean, what's your vision for power PowerNOT and the biodigestion industry? Is it just more and more exposure and sort of having the whole cruise industry using biodigestion?
0: Well, it's not just the cruise industry, it's also the cargo ships and that, you know, there's a lot of waste is generated by a lot of cargo ships. So you That's just been discharged as is, and a small biodigester would improve their reputation, their visibility, and their environment. But yes, we're slowly replacing pulpers on all the cruise ships that we know for new builds we are being designed in, which obviously is more preferable than having to try and retrofit it. You know, there are a couple of major cruise ships which are being built currently where we're actually shipping now for those ships that are going to be sailing 2024 or 2025 so it's something that every cruise ship should be having there's no doubt about it they shouldn't be discharging ground up waste possibly with plastic into the ocean
1: well great i mean this has been really interesting and educational certainly for me and hopefully for our listeners too so thanks ian thanks so much for your time and i look forward to catching up with you Sea Trade Global in Miami, well, Fort Lauderdale in March. Yep, see you then. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Tech Talks from the Iceway and Sea Trade Cruise. I hope you took something from it and I very much look forward to seeing you next time.
0: Meet Marpol regulations and prevent plastic from accidentally entering food waste streams with the LFC Biodigester. Visit PowerNotOcean.com today.